0: this morning. Uh, We're going to cover probably a lot of ground here. Uh, Psalm 127 is probably where we're going to begin here. I say probably because I never really know in a a service like this. Um, You just never know where the Lord will uh, take it and go. But there's a few things this morning in light of Mother's Day I wanted to share with you. And so I wanted to take a moment and uh, pray for you. Just by a show of hands, if you're a mom with us today, just raise your hand. Let me know that you're here today. And great. We bless you. And thank you for being here on a Sunday when you probably could have just stayed in bed and and got breakfast in bed. Most... uh, Women, I have learned, really don't like breakfast in bed because that means if they spill something, they just become responsible for having to then clean the sheets and everything else. So they like getting up and going to, unless you have just really small kids, then it's kind of fun. But again, we're blessed that you're here today. I think we have some special gifts for you. We've got, I think, some flowers the kids will bless you with. on And either, if you didn't get it coming in, you'll get it going out today. And I think somebody's outside with a camera, and so uh, that's not paparazzi today. So if you're here and someone wants to know if you want to get pictures with your kids, uh, we want to encourage you to do that as well. And uh, again, just a way to say we love you and appreciate you and thank the Lord for you. But let's take a moment and pray as we jump into this this morning. Father God, we thank you so much, uh, Lord, for Mother's Day, and uh, Lord, in a world where roles and responsibilities are becoming so confusing, Lord, we thank you that your word is not confusing. You're not the author of confusion. And we thank you, Lord, today for our moms. We celebrate them. Uh, We have no shame in in identifying a a particular group from amongst us. Uh, Lord, we do this all the time in different ways, whether it's birthdays or anniversaries. We thank you that our country has set aside this day to honor moms and they deserve all the praise and all the honor that comes with that. And may they feel loved today. May they feel appreciated, Uh, Lord, today. May you grant them the the desires of their heart. And uh, we love them and we commend them to you this day. I thank you for each person here. And pray that, uh, Lord, uh, we can learn so much from our moms as we study your word and we can see women in scripture and the the impact and the difference that they make, not only in the Bible, but Lord, uh, in this church. I, I thank you for the many women who serve in so many different capacities, uh, just behind the scenes, uh, not desiring to be recognized, but Lord, they're worthy and they deserve the recognition. But Lord, who just do it week in and week out uh, because of their love for you and their love for people. We see so much of, of Jesus in them and Lord today, I pray that, Lord, you would bless them, Lord, that they would sense your joy, your love, your peace, uh, your recognition today, Uh, that one day, Lord, uh, whether anybody ever applauded this side of heaven, that they would know one day when they stand before you, they'll hear the words, and they're the most important words we could hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, Lord, may they hear the echo of that, those words today, as we study your word together. We love you, Lord, we thank you for the gift Of our moms and uh, lord we thank you for knowing what we need even before we'd ask and so lord we give you all the praise and the glory today thank you for our kids for leading us in worship today lord thank you for the blessing that they are in our life and may you lord be magnified today as we pray in jesus name amen you know I I always think about Mother's Day, and I share this, you know, every year, and it's, uh, it's it really gives me an honor to be able to do so. You know, I was raised in a home uh, where I never questioned, you know, my parents' love for me, especially my mom. And you know, being a pastor and starting off as a youth pastor and working with kids and, and hearing the hurt and the heartache of so many kids, I, I, I know I took it for granted, you know, in my own life growing up that uh, how good. I had it. Not not every child is loved. Not every child has parents that love them like my parents. I like I said, I never I never questioned. I mean, there wasn't a time that I can think of that I, I even doubted my mom's love. I mean, she was the birth of so many wonderful sermons for me. You know, one of my favorite through the years was you know that everybody needs somebody who loves them irrationally. I had a mom that loved me irrationally. I mean. You know, I, I mean, even I knew as a child I was doing things that are wrong. But man, you couldn't convince my mom of that. And it wasn't that she just stuck her head in the sand. She did something that was so biblical. She just chose always to believe the best. And not just about me, but by my brother and my sisters, just about people in general. She just had a good heart. I mean, and it was one of those things, like I said, growing up, then studying the Bible and hearing about God's love. It wasn't something that was foreign to me. Uh, It made it easy to open my heart to Jesus uh, because I understood that kind of love. But I recognize, and I've even had people write and tell me, they go, you know, I I don't even come to church on Mother's Day. They skip out on it because they said, you know, I had such a terrible relationship with my mom and and that pains me because though i recognize that can be true that's not true in every situation and just because it's true in one situation doesn't mean that we shouldn't recognize moms and honor them on this day i mean you know we live in a fallen world i mean we are sinners saved by god's grace but i love the fact that we have a world that again recognizes. i mean i don't know about you but i lose track of, of the things every day there's some some new celebration right I mean, they have it's National Sibling Day. I'll look on social media. Oh man, I forgot I didn't post a picture of my brothers and my sisters today. Then it's you know National Love Your Cat Day, and I don't even have a cat. Don't really like cats, you know. And so um, you know, it's like okay, well I get that. And it's like every day there's something. Now, I, I like the ones where it's National Donut Day, or you know Chocolate Day, you know things like that. But you know Mother's Day is just one of those days for me that I've always enjoyed. I have two sisters, two older sisters that have loved me since, you know, they're older than me. So since the day I was brought into this world, uh, they tell me stories, you know, when I was little, they used to dress me in their little doll outfits and push me around, you know, it's probably why I have issues today, um, you know, but uh, just that from the earliest days of my life, I mean, they cared for me. I mean, I've, I've never not felt, my, my first best friend, some people say that it was your mom, it wasn't my mom for me that I recall. It was my sister Susan. She was always my best friend. She was the one that I went to, that uh, when I wanted comfort, she was the one who, um, when I watched a scary movie, I didn't go get in bed with my parents. I went to my sister's room. I'd knock on it. Can I sleep in your bed? Yes. And, and uh, you know, we just had a very, very special relationship uh, all of our life to this very day. And and it's one of those things. It's not that we strive for it. My sister Beth uh has loved me so unconditionally she lives in new york and and she's one of those sisters who's so amazing that even to this day since both my parents are gone um she's stepped up she's the the matriarch you know of our family and she keeps everything in order Uh, she's the one who reaches out like my mom did you know there's a glue in every family right and in our family, it was, it was my mom. In many families, you know, it's the mom. It's the mom who, who makes the phone calls, who plans the events and puts everything together. Well, my sister Beth has taken that. And even all the way from New York and still does a wonderful job, checks in with us all the time. And then, you know, I look out and I have my wonderful mother-in-law who from the very moment, I mean, it was one of those things I was telling somebody the other day, from the very first time that I met them, I, I and this wasn't something I made up i mean i I said it to my to my she wasn't my wife then, but when I met my my mother and father in law it was at a softball game and and I remember you know I told lee I said, man, I go if you turn out half like your mom, I go, man, you're gonna be you, i said i'll I'll be a very fortunate you know fortunate guy and uh and I mean it was just one of those things that broad marge i mean as my mother and father in- law made it so. I, never, I didn't feel like I was ever on the outside looking in. And that's not just true for me. That's just how they make people feel. But I have a, a mother-in-law who, like I said, is just, it, you, couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better mother-in-law. She, we, my wife and I, we built a home and, and uh, they allowed us to, to live with them for an entire year. And I remember one of my favorite memories of my mother-in-law, you know, the, just the sacrifice that she would make. She would get dressed in the dark so as to not to wake us up. And I was sitting there, you know, one afternoon, and she came walking in, and she had on two different colored shoes. She had a blue and a black shoe on, and she wore it that whole day. She, she had gone to work, and she dressed in the dark. She had two, you know, most women have shoes that are similar. These were like the same shoe. They were just different colors. So she comes walking in. She's got a blue and a black one on. I thought maybe it was like some new style or something. Said she noticed about halfway through the course of the day. But, you know, those are the things that you do, you know, when you, when you love people, when you care for them. Um, it would be so funny. We would, would go to the gym, and uh, so I'd ask my wife, "Hey, you want to go to the gym?" She's like, "No, I don't want to go to the gym." So, "Hey, Marj, do you want to go to the gym?" They go, "Yeah." So I'd be at the gym, and somebody would ask me, "They go, so who, who's that you're with? Is that is that your wife?" I said, "No, that's my mother-in-law." I said, "My wife didn't want to work out. My mother-in-law does." So, um, you know, we'd go, and then stop and go to get a a, a Starbucks for Rod. I, I'm still trying to remember what that thing was. It was like a caramel. Frappuccino, I don't know what it was, but uh, every day, you know, and, and my memories of just every woman in my immediate circle of life has always pointed me to the reminder of God's tremendous love that he has for us and the uniqueness, you know, of of God's love. And then ultimately, I said, there's my wife and, and, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough good about her. When I think about Proverbs 31, I tell her all the time, she, she just amazes me. I mean, the, the energy that she has that's finally caught up with her this year. She finally told me uh, after her birthday this year, she said, I'm really, I'm really tired. And I was like, yes, she's slowing down a little bit. And uh, she says, I, but I, in my mind, I'm not, you know, but it, your body starts kicking in. But uh, she does so much for so many, and especially for our kids, uh, the love that she has for them and the way that she goes out of her way uh, they'll never, you know, as if you're a mom here, your kids could never fully appreciate the, the sacrifices that you make. Um, as as my wife's husband and the father of our kids, I I get that that luxury of getting to see that, but I also see the 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 hard part of that as well. You know, I'm blessed with a daughter who's very much like her mom, who loves uh, just sacrificially, just to again goes above and beyond, and and we're so proud, you know, of our daughter. And so when I think of just, like I said, the women that are in my life, the women that are in this church, I think of, you know, um, Carolyn, um, Carolyn's been our, our church secretary longer than, than I've been on staff. Um, you know, Kimberly, you know, and Vanessa, um, I mean, we, we just have a wonderful, wonderful team of women in this church that just make it so easy to see Jesus. And, and I pray that you have that, that same appreciation, same joy that I have in watching them and, and again, just appreciating the women that are in your life. And it's not just that they're moms, there's some that have a motherly role. I, I watch some of you as you you minister. You know, Bill and Donna, some of our best friends are, are here today. And Donna, you know, served in this church in our youth ministry throughout the years and now owns a, a business. Uh, over there in Santa Paula, and, and I mean, it's like every time I walk into the, that store, I mean, it's not that she's selling anything. She's ministering to people. She's loving on people. It's, she reminds me of uh, the female version of Andy Griffith. You know, this looks like a little downtown, you know, store, and everybody that walks in wants to come in and say hi to Donna. They know her by name, and, uh, and, and there's this genuine affection for people, a, a love and a care and a support. Uh, to not just the, to be a business, but it's a place of ministry. It's a place to, to care and to love people. And so Mother's Day, like I said, is, is so, so special for me. And yet I recognize that there's, there's those that Mother's Day is, is a hard day. Um, those that have lost children, you know, that this is just a, a painful day. Um, and those that have wayward kids today, that your kids aren't walking with God. You have no relationship with them. And and this becomes, like I said, a, a kind of a, a gut punch in, in many ways. And, and I pray that God would be a comfort to you today uh, in the midst of this. So I know that, you know, it covers you know, the full spectrum. But um, like I said, I, I really pray that yeah, as we look at some scripture here today, um, you know, that really what comes through is, is really what the Lord would have for each and every one of us. I asked my wife this week, I asked her if she wanted to teach, but uh, she didn't want to um for a number of reasons but the biggest one was our youngest son uh got married yesterday and so she was out till a little after uh, midnight last night uh, cleaning up after uh, the wedding and stuff and so she was going to sleep in this morning which for her that was when i left she was already awake so she got a good 6 hours you know of sleep and uh and she's up and you know going around but i asked her i said you know what would what would you want to hear what would you teach And it was really interesting as we had this conversation, she said, you know, remind the the moms like it was almost like a duh moment, but I had to listen to what she was saying. She said, remind the moms that being a mom is hard work. It's hard work. And and don't quit. It's hard. And and to encourage them, you know, in that, that, yeah, it, it really is hard, especially in the world in which we live in today. Um, it just seems like, you know, the degradation of society is speeding up. We're in this kind of downward spiral and that can be seen as a negative thing or a positive thing. Well, if you're in the Lord today, it's a positive thing because we're one day closer than when we first believed. Amen. One day closer to the return of Jesus Christ and Jesus making everything right, but it has to get bad or it has to get worse in the sense before it gets better. And so we're, we're kind of caught in this, uh, in the middle of this, and especially if you're a parent today of young children who are caught up in the educational system. And, you know, if you're a parent here, you recognize that we've moved away from educating our children today to much of it is indoctrination that's taking place. And you feel like you're fighting this in a sense a losing battle an uphill battle. And, and so my heart goes out to you. I I think my wife would remind you of something I shared, um, you know, a few months ago in a message where I said, you know, pain is temporary, but glory is eternal you know, I have shared this throughout the years. I said, you know, if if bearing children was up to men, we'd already be extinct by now. And and men would admit to it. They'd go, there's no way that men would go, I would allow myself to go through that kind of pain, that kind of suffering. I remember, you know, when my wife gave birth to to Bree, our first child, and we, you know, we did the Lamaze method, you know, it was, it was natural. No, no medicine no pain medication no spinal block no i mean it was you were going to feel the brunt of everything of everything scripture said that through the bearing of children and the pain of of bearing children uh you know women would would continue on and so my wife you know on the day that she gave birth to to brie i remember when when as soon as brie was born i i called my mom i mean i i had this need to call my mom my mom is is well she claimed to be five foot tall. I think she started shrinking as she got older. She probably wasn't even five foot tall when she went home to be with the Lord. But to think that my mom, I mean, this little woman, she didn't weigh a hundred pounds that would bring forth, you know, she had five children. We had an older brother that was stillborn at birth, went full term. And, uh, but five, five kids. (laughs) And I I called my mom and I, I mean, I used to think my mom. She's your mom, you know. It's like I grew up in this athletic home, and you know, my mom didn't play any sports at all. And I was thinking, but that day when 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 Lee gave birth to Brie, my mom grew in stature. And my I called her. I said, Mom, I just, I have to say something in tears. I said, you know. And my mom understood this because I grew up in an athletic home. It was a term of endearment. I said, Mom, you are a stud. You you're a stud. I go, Mom, and she knew exactly you know what I meant by that. It's like, man. You, to think that you, you could do that. I go, there's no way I go. If it was, like I said, left up to men, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be another human being born. It just would hurt too much. And then to think that you would do that again. I mean, that you would allow yourself to go through that some multiple, multiple times. And it's just amazing to me, you know, and then to think that in such a vain world in which we live, you know, that we make so much about our appearance that a woman would even for a second think of becoming pregnant. And you, you know, if you're a woman here, you know, if you're a man here, you know, if you give birth to a baby, your, your body is going to change forever. It'll, it'll never go back to, to what it once was. And you think about, you know, the, if you deliver through the natural process, I mean, you know, science tells us, you know, that a woman's her hips, they, they enlarge, they have to, to, do, for, to allow for a baby to pass through the birthing canal that your body is going to be forever changed. And you think about getting a glimpse of God in those moments, and we do. And 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 it's why it's important on Mother's Day to recognize moms and women uh, that, that not only love the Lord, but just by virtue of the fact gave you life. You know, again, even for families where they go, you know, I didn't have a relationship with my mom, or it wasn't a good one. Well, there's still something that you can praise her for, that she gave you life that you could make a difference in this world, that you're here today because of her. You know, And you think about the abortion rate in this country and the fact that that we're all here today is because somebody allowed us to live. And, and, and that in and of itself is worthy of praise. And yet it doesn't, like I said, um, diminish any of the other hurts and sorrows and the pains that are associated with life. But uh, I, I'm reminded, you know, that God, you know, has placed in, in uniquely in the heart of woman, um, this desire for life. You know, Genesis 3.20, if you recall, remember after the fall. See, before the fall, it wasn't Adam and Eve. They were just Adam. It was Adam male and Adam female. It was, they, were, they were one. And it was after the fall that Eve got her name. It says that after the fall, Adam called his wife Eve, it says in Genesis 3.20. It says Eve, because she was the mother of all living of all the living. When you think about that, that, you know, God created woman for life, to give life. And and I think about the impact of that, just those thoughts, you know, of of the difference in this world that that women make, mothers in particular, and the influence that they have, and it's for so much good in this world. I think about, you know, the life of a church. You think about, you know, uh, there's in Calvary chapels are unique, and I share this with you all the time, and I so appreciate the number of men who serve in ministry. But in most churches, it's probably about 80% that it's women who are serving and, and making the difference. And I thank God for a greater balance in, in this church, but it's not necessarily so across the board. One of the things you know, when I think about that that and I hope that you you see that, you know women were designed by God to be life givers. if you studied a census in the Bible, whether it was old or New Testament, when there was ever a census was taken, they never counted women. And you think about that, you go, why didn't they count the women? Did the women not count? And you go, yes, they counted tremendously. But the reason they didn't count them is there was only two reasons for taking a census, and one was to determine, men that were able and capable to go to war the second was for taxation and so when you think about that you go and it's not to say that women can't fight i mean (laughs) you ever seen a a a predator come between a mother cub a mother bear and her cubs you ever seen that before you go man you talk about you know a, a mother bear rising up and you go and they'll say that you know about a woman you go hey you know come between Come between a woman and her children, and you'll find out you know, what kind of fight is in her, the, that protective uh, desire that, that they have for their, their families, for their children in particular. But, but God has designed uniquely women for life. He didn't create them for war. See, we live in a world today where identity politics is, is playing itself out. And you know, again, it doesn't mean that women can't do things as good or even better than men. That, that's just not true it's not even an issue. It's about what is God's design? What was God's desire? Because you think about today, you know, with all the problems that are in the world, what if we lived the way that God intended us to live? What if we lived the way that God had created us to live? You go, we would live then with a greater sense of peace. We would live with a greater sense of joy, with a greater sense of unity, because Jesus himself said that he came to give life and give life abundantly or life to the fullest and so you know I appreciate the fact that we have an opportunity on Mother's Day to recognize women in particular and to really to celebrate uh, their lives and you know psalm 144 15 one of the passages that i uh, just came to mind you know and again of, of all the things and through the years and talking with moms if I was able to ask you today you know as a mom you know what is what is Your greatest desire on Mother's Day for your family and across the board, year in, and year out, is that your children would know the Lord, that your children would walk with God because when they don't, the pain that you endure as a parent watching, and it doesn't mean that your kids can't endure, you know, hardship or they won't experience some kind of happiness, but I'll tell you, when you don't, when you don't have a personal relationship with God, man, this life is is brutal it is so so hard and psalm 144:15 15 says happy are the people whose god is the lord and and i i want to encourage you in this today maybe you're here and uh you don't have a good relationship with your mom but you're walking you know with god today um that's something you can thank your mom for because here you are here today heaven bound you know going to spend eternity with jesus and it's because you have life. It's because someone brought you into this world. And like I said, that's something to be able to praise uh, your mom for today. And when you think about you know, the happiness that you can enjoy in this life, it's really because of your relationship with God. Um, and one of the things that's interesting in that, it was last Mother's Day, and it's why that particular verse came to mind, was um, it was after uh, one of our services. And I had an elderly gentleman that came up to me and he came up in tears and he said, you know, his, his hurt was on Mother's Day that uh, he didn't have the opportunity to let his mom know that her prayers had been answered. He said that his mom had prayed for him pretty much all of his life. He said, but he was a rebel. He said, I didn't walk with God. And he goes, and she died. And he goes, and, and it was in her death that helped lead him to a personal relationship with God. And he was so sad. And I said, why are you, why are you sad? Because I just wish my mom, you know, could see me. And I go, it, it's not an issue if she can see you, she's going to see you. Her, her prayer was answered. Her, her prayer wasn't that, you know, that you would see her, is that your prayer was that you'd see the Lord one day. And the blessing of that comes, guess what? She's with the Lord right now. So the first person you're going to see is Jesus. The second person you're probably going to see is your mom. And, and in that day, I mean, that will be the fullness of joy. And that's, that's the hope that we have as believers of understanding eternal life that, you know, again, maybe in this life, you know, you live completely, you know, it's like the thief on the cross, rebellious to the things of God. But to repent in, the, in that very last moment and, and then to, to know that your name is then written in the Lamb's book of life and that you will experience life eternal. I can't think of a greater gift to give to a parent, and and if you don't know the Lord today, I can't think of a better gift that you could give to your mom on Mother's Day is to be able to say, "Hey, mom, your prayers are answered. I I, I have opened my heart to Jesus. I have found forgiveness at the cross." And and again, we we'll, then you. I had someone text me yesterday said, you know, um, they said, "How did I put this to you?" They said, um, "When we die, they go." And we're in heaven will i still know my husband and i said yeah absolutely and they said well we will we still be like uh, married in heaven and i said no you know scripture's very clear that you'll be brothers you know and sisters you know in the lord and they said but do you think that we'll remember being married and i i wrote i hope not and uh, i was just kidding you know like I said, no, I said, no, you, I I go, I don't have any idea what you're going to know and what you're not going to know. I said, but the, the joy is that, you know, heaven is a perfect place and our memories will be perfect. There'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. Everything will be wonderful. And, and they just were having a difficult time wrapping their mind around, you know, that how is it that, well, on earth you would live one way and then in heaven, it'll be a different way. And I said, but it'll just be perfect. It'll be pure in every way, shape and form. And so to to recognize you know today that you know if you're a child that has a parent who's loved you and prayed for you and yet hasn't heard you know from you that you've made that that decision like I said I can't think of a, a better better sunday uh, to let your parents know especially your mom who has labored in prayer over you. I wanted you to look with me this morning. uh, The text that I really wanted to just kind of hone in on here was Psalm 127. And if you have a Bible, I wanted to share this with you this morning. You know, Psalm 127, it tells us this. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And and there's some things that, you know, from that, you know, talking with my wife, I wanted to remind you, you know, of today. Um, And there there are things to hold on to, not just on Mother's Day, but to be reminded throughout the course of the year, is that number one is that your children are on loan to you for only a season. Only a season. And that's important to, to remember, because It's so easy to get life out of balance. And, you know, I talk to people all the time. They go, you know, I'm working real hard for when I retire. And I've met people that are working really hard and they died before they retired. And they just didn't enjoy life at all in the truest sense because they were working for something that they never attained. So balance is important. You know, there's an expression that says, you know, live like there's no tomorrow, but plan like you're going to be around for another hundred years. And that's true even in, in your parenting and being a mom, being a mother is, you know, that the again, so many people today can become so OCD over the littlest things. And you think, oh, I've got to clean the house. I've got to do this and i got to do this. And, and uh, you know, I remember Chuck Swindoll uh, shared this years and years and years ago, and I just never forgot it. You know, he said, if I could go back and do anything over again, you know, as a parent, he said, I would do less for my children, and I would do more with my children. And, and, and again, I, I can't encourage you more as a parent, whether you're a father or a mother uh, here today, but especially moms, is, is understand that your kids are on loan to you. They're not yours. They're, they're not yours. They belong to the Lord. And, and that's sometimes a very difficult thing to comprehend. Uh, I'm always reminded of the story of Hannah there in First Samuel. Remember, Hannah that says the Lord closed her womb and uh, her rival, you know, her husband, Elkaniah had two wives and uh, one that bore children and she didn't. And she, her rival always provoked her and it just caused her great pain. And when she went with Elkaniah to make sacrifice, she was so anguished. And if you've ever have wanted something and prayed for something, especially a, a child, that pain that that can just well up deep within you. Uh, Eli, who was the high priest at that time, he thought that that Hannah was actually drunk. She, She was so overcome with emotion as she prayed, the words wouldn't even come out. She was so broken. And I think we can all picture that as she prayed, and she prayed that God would open her womb. It says this in verse 27, it says for this child I prayed, Eli had just told her, you know, and she said, no, I'm not, I'm not drunk. My heart is broken. I, I, my womb has been closed. The Lord's closed my womb and I prayed for a child. And Eli says, well, go in peace. He says, you know, the Lord grant your petition that you grant the desire of your heart. And so she goes and she says, for this child I prayed, she gave birth and it says, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him. Now she's speaking of her son, Samuel. Uh, she's about to take him, after he's weaned, is to take him back to Eli and offer him in the service of the Lord all the days of his life. Man, you talk about, here's someone who had no children, her womb was closed, and now she's taking her one and only son and offering him to God. She recognizes that her child is on loan. And it says, and as long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. It says, so they worshiped the Lord there. Mother's Day love your kids, appreciate them, but then recognize they are yours for such a short time. One of the difficulties I know for my wife, um, you know, the Bible says, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, for our son, you know, this is our youngest, uh, to leave, you know, home and then be on his own, and then to get married and have his own wife. So now he has his own life. And I've talked with many a mom, my, my wife included, that have gone, what's my purpose? I mean, you get it, that you were created by God. You're a life giver. And then you feel like, I've done my job, and now what do I do? And you feel like, what's my worth any longer? And you go, then thank God for grandkids, right? You know, but uh, no, but there's, there's a pain that comes with that. There's a sense of loss. There's a sense of emptiness. There's a sense of a lack of purpose that we have to work through. It's uh, It's real. And it can happen not just for moms. It happens in the same thing of of the hearts of fathers. I remember when we lived with uh, my mother and father-in-law. And, I mean, we were getting to the end of a year. And my wife was going, honey, I need my own space. And I think my mother-in-law needed her space back. But for me and Rod, we'd sit on the sofa. And we were, like, crying. It was like, I go, I I believe this to the same day i go hey we could just get a bigger house i could live with you forever i could live with you know uh, i i really could live with my mother and father-in-law i mean it was one of those things like we'll, we'll just put a you know do a split wing house that people do them all the time and my wife's like oh, honey i gotta have my own nest you know and i'm like i'm into this jewish community thing you know oldest generation on the bottom second generation in the middle and the youngest on top and you know or, and then you just you keep the cycle of life going you know one generation moves out, another one comes in. But uh, it's not always the way that it works. But it's that understanding that our children are on loan to us. The second thing, you know, in talking with my wife that I would want to point out to you, is your number one job. Number one job as a mom is to point your kids to Jesus. We, we, we make so much of so many different successes in life. But scripture makes it perfectly clear. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There, there is, I mean, we're going to, this life is like, you know, a dot on an eye compared to eternity. But yet we make so much about, you know, what we see, not remembering, you know, scripture says the things that we don't see are the things that are eternal and not to lose sight of that. And I appreciate that so much because I know in one sense I'm I'm speaking to the choir because here you are in church on a Mother's Day where you could be doing anything that you would choose to do today, but you're here. You know, in Psalm 127, that word heritage, if you're a note-taker, it's interesting. One translation has the word heritage to mean assignment. This is pretty interesting when you think about this. Heritage means assignment. So you think about it. Children are an assignment from the Lord see most women that i talk to they grew up you know playing with dolls playing house looking forward to being married then buying a house and then living happily ever after but no one ever told you you know that you know having kids was like going back to school full time and that your kids would be a lifelong assignment you know my my wife doesn't quit being a mom just because my kids are married it's not like that's over and now it's back to you know, life. No, she's still their mom. And some of that, that is the painful part is how do you influence, how do you speak into the life of your kids when they're no longer under your roof and they don't get their allowance from you anymore? You can kind of control them, right? Over, you know, don't, I'm not gonna feed you, I'm not gonna clean your stuff and I'm not you know, gonna give you money and you can kind of get them to go along. But when they're, they're living under their own roof and making their own decisions, how do you influence them? And that's what the psalmist reminds us. The real homework is in the home. That Your kids are your greatest assignment. You know, it's interesting. Every year, uh, there's different uh, economists that put out the value or the worth, a mother's worth. And I, I looked it up this year. In 2021, it had the estimated annual salary if you're a mom at $116,022 and no cents because you probably lose all your cents. But listed under the responsibilities, you think about a mom, it had academic advisor, accountant, art director, athletic director, a buyer, a CEO, a coach, a daycare teacher, a dietitian, instructor, event planner, executive housekeeper, facilities director, groundskeeper, interior designer, janitor, judge, magistrate, laundry manager, logistics, maintenance, supervisor, network administrator, nurse, photographer, plumber, public school teacher, psychologist, recreational therapist, social media specialist, tailor, and a work or life manager. You know, you think of all those things that you have to be, that is a constant, constant assignment, working, you know, um, oh gosh, I can't think of, uh, his name off the top of my head, um, uh, he wrote a lot of marriage books and, and one of the things that he loved about his mom is see, they had four kids and he said when he would go visit his mom, he said he would see on her bookshelf uh, books that he was, he was going for his doctorate at the time. And he said he would see books that he was, he was studying and reading for his doctorate on his mom's bookcase. And he asked her, he said, mom, you know, what are those books doing? And she said, well, honey, when you told me on the phone last week that this was the book that you were that you were using for your class, she goes, I went to the school and I bought it and I thought I would read it so that I could understand what you're, what you're learning so that we could talk about those things. And and I think, man, it, and it was uh, John Trent is who it was. And uh, it was like, what an amazing, what an amazing mom she, who gets it, her assignment. It, it, here he is as a grown man it never, never leaves you. Your assignment is your home. Your assignment will always be your children. When Adam called his wife Eve, it says she was the mother of all living. You are a life-giving, a life-breathing machine. And and it, it's an amazing, I don't mean machine in a negative way, just know that. But just that's what God has created you to be. And my hope and my prayer is that you you receive it and you, and you embrace that role and that responsibility in life, what a privilege it is. It's, it's a continual commitment to education. You never stop learning. You continue to keep growing. Psalm 127 goes on, it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. And you think about that terminology. It, it, it presupposes that children are to be launched, that you're, you're to, to let go. And, and maybe number three, that maybe that's the hardest thing at all, is learning to let go. We've heard the expression, let go and what? Let God? Yeah. By show of hands, just for moms, just want to ask you a personal question. You don't have to be honest in this. You can hold it in. But um, if I was to ask you this, and I am, how many would agree letting go of your kids is one of the hardest things that you've ever had to do in your life? Yeah. I think a lot of you moms you know, would agree. It is. It letting go. And, and again, but this is what this, this psalm is declaring to us. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. You know, I love that. I read this years ago, and I've, I've never forgot it. It says, when a, a child is born, they cut the umbilical cord. But in reality, the cord never gets cut. There, there is a bond between mother and child that has been proven out. You know, George Washington, you know, one of our greatest presidents ever, on his deathbed. His mother had been dead for over 20 years, cried out for his mom. Many, many famous people, their last words were them crying out to their own mother right before they tasted death themselves. Wanting the comfort of their mom. It doesn't change. I I shared with you years ago, you know, I went to um, Canada, got LASIK eye surgery, and they botched the surgery and I was in so much pain, and I didn't and I remember they, I went back to my hotel room, and and my wife was caring for me, and she was there, and I mean, I mean, it was, it was, I really haven't had anything that was that painful. It's like, you know, both your eyes, and just the, the burning sensation, and it just, I mean, just literally just, I couldn't stop the tears. It hurt so bad, and my wife, she was sitting on the edge of the bed, and she was just rubbing the back of my head. And she said, honey, is, is there anything I can do for you? And, and it just came out. I said, I need to talk to my mom. And I called my mom and I was, and I was, I was crying. And I, I was like, I said, mom, I said, um, you know, I'm here in Canada. And she knew. And I said, and they messed up on my surgery. And, and I said, mom, I don't even know why. I said, but I just need to, I just need to hear your voice. And my mom, you know, she starts crying and she's like, honey, I understand. I go, mom, I'm embarrassed though. I go, gosh, I'm like 40 years old and I got to, I need to talk to my mom. And, and like I said, it's just that, that comfort, you know, of of a mother's love. And it doesn't make any difference how old you are. That cord gets cut, but it never gets cut. There is such a special bond. And you might be thinking today, well, Pastor Mike, you don't recognize or understand, you know, what I'm gone through with my own child. I just say, trust the Lord. And I have seen so many prodigals come home. That story's in the Bible for a reason. When they come to their senses, you know, and they recognize, you know, I mean, why did the prodigal come home in that story? He came home because he recognized his father's love. Many a child comes home because of, not the father's love, but because of their mother's love. Story after story such a special bond. But yet Psalm 127 recognizes there's a natural tension. And I want to remind you moms of it today. There's a natural tension that exists between parent and child. I mean, you consider the analogy of Psalm 127. It's what, what's the analogy of that of a bow and an arrow? How many of you ever shot a bow and arrow? Raise your hand real so I know. And you realize when you, is it, is the bow real tense when you're right here? And you go, when is the bow and arrow most tense? It's right before you what? You let go. So you think about this today. When your children are two or three, there's no tension. Four or five, I mean, there's a little bit of tension. You can have the you know, terrible twos or threes or whatever. But where the tension, where the bow starts to, to shake and the arrow's moving, it's right before you release it. And it's such a beautiful picture that God gives us in his word. You, and what are you doing? There's a target. That target is Jesus. And you're going to have to let your kids go. You can't live their life. And that tension has become so great at the, at the moment. Usually it's around 18 years of age you know, or so. And you feel it. And it can be some in some relationships, it's, it becomes caustic because the tension is so great. Because you're trying to hold on, but you know you got to let go. But you're trying to aim it. And then that's where faith comes in. Faith is that gap between the target and, and the bow where you have to let go and you have to let God. It's not easy. But you have to let your kids go. I'm reminded of this story I read, you know, for Mother's Day. It said, how children see their moms through the years. At six years, mommy, I love you. At 10 years, mom, whatever. At 16 years, my mom is so annoying. At 18 years, I can't wait to get out of this house. At 25 Mom, you're right. At 30 years, I need to see my mom. At 50 years, I don't want to lose my mom. And at 70 years, I'd give everything for my mom to be here again, to be here today. You know, I'm not 70, but I'd give everything to have my mom here on Mother's Day. Being a mom, it's hard work. And so in Psalm 127, there's an important truth that mom just... You can't lose sight of. Like I said, it presupposes you know what the target is. And if you know what the target is, what it's stating is that you've arrived there first. You know, hypocrisy in the Bible is what? It's wearing a mask. You know, it's that do as I say, not as I do. You know, that's what we find. But the Apostle Paul, he wrote this in, in Second Timothy to his protege, little young Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, he's speaking to Timothy, he says, Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So, what Paul was saying, he said, You know, Timothy, you have an authentic faith that was first in your grandma. And in your mom, they had it first. They lived it first. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you moms today is that you would live it first. I used to tell our youth all the time, you know, you can't give what you don't got. I know the English isn't proper, but it's really true. You can't give away what you don't possess. And Timothy's mom and grandmother had a genuine faith. It was real. And they gave it to Timothy. There's an old saying that goes like this. Wherever you want your kids to go, you go there first. In other words, model a faith that's real. If you really want your kids to go there, then model a faith that's real. Carl Menninger, he was a famous psychologist. He believed in the power of transforming love. And he once said this, what's done to children, they will do to society. What's done to children, they will do to society. And you see that, what's going on in the world today. One of my favorite authors, G. Campbell Morgan, he was called the Prince of Expository Preachers. And he lived over 100 years ago. And he would always say this, that his love for the Bible was maternal, that it came from his mother, that he observed his mother living out what she had read, that she loved the Bible, she read the Bible, and that she lived the Bible. And that's what impacted his life. There was a, a Scottish saying, it says, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. And and it really is so true. When he got married, and what a tremendous statement this is, when he got married, he married a woman who equally loved the Word of God like he did, and they had four sons together, and they all became preachers. And there was a little family reunion that they had with their neighbors one year, and uh, all the kids were there. And one of the friends of the family asked one of uh, G. Camel Morgan's sons, they said, who's the best preacher in your family? And most of the neighbors thought, obviously, G. Campbell Morgan was pretty famous at that time, a very uh, well-known author and speaker. They thought they'd say, well, dad is, you know, for, for certain, or maybe one of the brothers. But the son said, oh, it's our mother. Our mother was the greatest preacher. All the boys all nodded in agreement, and G. Campbell Morgan said, yep, she's the best. It reminds me of a story. There was a group of five Bible scholars who were all arguing about which translation of the Bible was the best. And as this group of scholars met together, the oldest in the group, he said, "Well, the King James version of the Bible, that's that's the best. It's majestic. The old King James, if it's good enough for the apostle Paul, it's good enough for me." And then one of the younger scholars, he he kind of chimes in. He says, "No, I believe it's the the NLT, the New Living Translation. It's fresh, it's contemporary, the language, it's dynamic." And I think it captures the spirit best of the original text. And then a couple of guys were shaking their heads. So the third guy, he says, no, 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 no. It's the ESB, the English Standard Version, because it's a combination of the, the old and the new. And it strikes that healthy balance between the two. And then there was a fourth guy. He says, no, no, no. It's the NASB, the New American Standard. It's so accurate. I mean, it captures the word for word intent of the original Greek language. So they're all kind of nodding. And the fifth guy chimes in after listening to all the debate about all these different translations. And he says, I like my mother's translation the best. you could hear a pin drop. So they all laughed. They said, so what was your mother's translation? He said, my mother's translation is she translated every page of the Bible into her life. And it's been the most convincing translation I've ever seen. She lived it out. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not, you know, Head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. That, that's what our kids see. The consistency, that's what makes being a mom so difficult. I think most of the women would agree here. If being a mom was so easy, men would do it, right? Yeah, I think you'd agree. The last thing I'll leave you with here this morning, number four. Of all the things I think, you know, I want to encourage you with as you celebrate Mother's Day even if your kids are grown, if they're gone, they're not living under your roof, is that your kids are still your kids. See, a lot of moms, like I said, struggle with understanding their purpose in life after their kids are gone. You know, it, it's so sad because I've seen so many divorces that, you know, in families where they, I mean, and it it baffles me in one sense, but I get it completely in the other, that they'll stay married for, 18, 20, 24, 25 years, and then get a divorce. And then they'll say, well, the reason we got divorced is because that old expression, what doesn't grow together grows apart. And they go, we, we stayed together for the sake of our kids, but now that our kids are, are grown and gone, they go, we have nothing in common. And I, I, and I understand it. They dedicated themselves you know, to their children and yet did nothing then for themselves. And so again, they've grown apart. And so they begin to question, you know, what's my purpose? Especially for a mom who understands, like I said, in the life of Eve, you know, that she's the mother of all the living. That you go, everything that I gave life to and poured my life into, it's now, it's gone. And what what is my purpose? And God would just remind you today. It's like the miracle at Cana. I had to laugh, you know, and I I thought about this. In John chapter 2, verses 1 and 5, it says, On the third day, it says there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And now both Jesus and the disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, remember, this is a term of endearment, says, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And what was her response to Jesus? She says, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says, do. Whatever he says, whatever my son tells you to do, that, that, that's what you do. And, and you think about that. She influenced her son. And I put in my notes, as long as there's a fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, you have the right and the responsibility. And that's both if you're a, a mom or you're a dad that's here today. Just because your kids are grown, just because your kids are gone, doesn't mean that you've lost your influence in their life. God gave you that influence. Your children, now, again, they can dishonor God by not honoring you, but that doesn't give you the right to not speak into their life. That doesn't that doesn't remove your responsibility to still speak in as long as you're alive. As long as you're alive, speak into their life. It's been well said. Life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. I like that. There's no question about it. I mean, we have groups in town. There's guys, you know, you can be part of an influencer. We want you to be part of the, you know, hey, would you like to be in an influencer group? The greatest influencers are not men in the truest sense. They're women. There's an old expression, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And there really is a truth in that. So the key for husbands is influence the influencer. There's a great little book, husbands, do yourself a favor, love your wife, take care of her and she'll take care of the kids. President Abraham Lincoln once said this, I remember my mother's prayers and they've always followed me. They've clung to me all of my life. He went on to say this, Abraham Lincoln, all that I am or I hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. That's influence. I like this quote, a mother is your first friend, your best friend, your forever friend. So on this Mother's Day, as we close we want to honor you as moms. Proverbs 31, 27 through 30 says this. She watches over the ways of her household. And trust me when I tell you this, she's watching. How many of you ever recognize that your mom was watching even when she wasn't present with you? Like you go, do you got eyes in the back of your head? How can you know this? I wasn't even in the house. How can you know these things? You know, And she, what does mom say? God told me. It's like, I can't, you can't, you can't, you can run, but you can't hide, right? But that can be a painful thing too. Knowing, you know, when your kids are messing up, when they're going astray, she feels everything. She watches over the ways of her household. Says, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Says her children, they rise up and they call her blessed. That's what I think you know, God allows for us on Mother's Day is to take this passage to heart, to rise up and to call her blessed. It says her husband also, and he praises her. It says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is in vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And I think of all the things you know, that we can do on a Mother's Day is to praise you. you know, God gets all the glory, But he gives us praise, and he shares that praise with us. And I thank our government in that regard that there is a day that's set aside, a Mother's Day where we can take time to remember you, to appreciate you, to thank you, to tell you that you're loved. And uh, there's really, like I said, there's no words that can fully capture to express the gratitude. Because it's not a, you know, just like you birth something, bring it into the world and go on about your business that, you know, when it says that woman would be preserved through the bearing of children, that pain, that pain that comes with bearing children isn't just bringing them into the world. It's, it's being their mom all the days of their life. That, that is a painful thing. You share the highs, you share the lows, you share everything in between. And that's a difficult thing. And, and, and we recognize that and we appreciate that in you and, and thank you. Thank you for being a godly mom. And today, as we close, I just want to invite the, the moms that are here, if you would stand and let us just recognize you. If you're a mom, grandmother today, whether your kids are at home, whether they're alive, whether if you are a mom today in this sanctuary, or even at home, if you'd stand and let us give you a big round of applause today. Just thank you. And we thank the Lord for you. And I'll invite the rest of you to stand and pray with me as we uh, close in prayer. And, and I saw f- some flowers go by. So there are some uh, flowers out there for you moms. I pray that your day is filled with great memories and reminders. And if there are hurts and sorrows today, that uh, again, know that we serve the God of all comfort. And uh, may he comfort your heart. May he bring to mind great joy uh, for the work that you've done. Father God, we thank you for the moms today that are here and at home, and Lord, those that are present, those that have gone on to be with you. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the difference our, our moms have made in our lives, the, the difference that uh, our moms are making even today. And I thank you for those women in the life of our church, even those that, that haven't bore their own children, but have that same kind of heart. God, you placed it within women. they are They are life-giving. And Lord, we thank you for that. thank you for the impact uh, lord that they have made in the life of this church in our community in our schools and in our homes god and we pray that um, lord today that our moms would feel special that they would know their worth god that you would bless them in ways that lord only you can that this day would be full of reminders uh, lord of just how precious they are and so, Lord, we we commend them to you. Again, we do. We thank you so much for them. We pray that, Lord, as they go from this place today, may, Lord, the joy of the Lord be their strength today. We bless you. We love you. We thank you for them. We lift them to you as we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. And again, we all agreed saying amen. Amen.